Jesus has been addressing the, the pillars of Judaism, right? And so uh, we talked about those pillars. There's three pillars of Judaism, three things that, uh, that they were very well known for as far as religion goes. And one of those was giving. Uh, that they, they believed in almsgiving or giving to the poor, giving to the needy, also giving, of course, uh, to the church and, and tithing and those kind of things. And so we, we addressed that. We've talked about that. Uh, the, the second pillar of Judaism was prayer. They prayed three times a day. And we've talked about that. We've talked about what real prayer is, how it should be done, what the motivation uh, is behind it, and who the audience is, right? Well, now we're going to cover the, the last pillar of Judaism, which was fasting. And this is something that all Jews did. It's something that all Jews understood. And so when you read it here in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going to say, when you fast. He's expecting that the people he's talking to are going to fast because, again, this is a part of their culture. Now, what we find, unfortunately, is that today we don't really understand that. And I love what John Wesley said, uh, the, the great father of Methodism. He, he said, you know, some have exalted religious fasting beyond all scripture and reason. Right? Maybe, maybe you've met some of those people. They're just, just, you know, we're not doing it scripturally anymore. It's beyond reason, but, but we're doing it. Uh, but he also says, and, and others have utterly disregarded it. And uh, unfortunately, I think as kind of New Testament believers, as modern day Christians, as, uh, you know, as far as the church goes, we're, 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 uh, we're free men. Uh, just meaning that we, we don't, we're not held to any liturgy. We're not held to any particular seasonal calendar. Uh, you know, we, we get to preach what God lays on our heart. That's what we study, is what God lays before us. And so, you know, uh, as that, as evangelicals and, and even Baptists, um, I think we fall into that second category. We don't really fast, and we don't really fast because we truthfully don't know what the scriptures say about fasting. We don't, we don't know why you should fast. We don't know how to fast. And so this morning, as we study the Sermon on the Mount, I hope and pray that we're going to address some of those things so that when it's all said and done, we, we have a real picture of what it means to really biblically fast. Okay? Read with me this morning, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 16. Starting in verse 16. When you fast, Jesus says, do not look somber, as the hypocrites do. Again, when you fast. He's expecting that we will. He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting. But only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will Reward you. Now those words sound extremely familiar, and they should, because this is basically the same principle that Jesus taught when it came to giving and when it came to prayer. And the principle is this. We have one audience, and that is a divine audience. Right? When we give, we're giving unto the Lord. When we pray, we're praying unto the Lord. We're not doing those things to be seen by men or to be applauded by men. That's not what it's about. We do those things as an act of worship Unto God, because God's the only one that deserves our worship. Amen? Okay? And so that's the heart behind all those things. And Jesus says, listen, that's the same thing behind fasting. So that's kind of the basics. That's what the Sermon on the Mount addresses. But again, there's bigger concerns for New Testament Christians. Because if we understand that and we study it like we did the others, we're still going to be left here going, okay, but what is fasting? 
What is he talking about? Why should I do it? And so those bigger questions are the ones that I want to address with you this morning. And let's begin by talking about what, what fasting really is, okay? Now, the Oxford Dictionary defines fasting like this. It says fasting is to abstain from food, especially to eat sparingly or not at all, or to abstain from certain foods in observance of a religious duty or a, a, a token of grief, okay? Now, and, and, and many scholars would agree with this. In fact, um, before we started our, our month of prayer and fasting uh, through June as a church, as we were praying for God's direction, uh, I was reading a book on fasting. And uh, the author of this book said, well, the only type of biblical fasting is fasting from food. And, and I was like, okay, and, and, and the problem with that is the author was only half right. Uh, in the Bible, that's all you see is fasting from food. That is true, from food and water. Uh, but, but in culture, if you study the history, the people in the Bible did not just fast from food and water. In fact, as, as you study Jewish culture, they actually did many different things. So let's kind of break down what they did. This is what the Jews did, and this is how we're going to apply it to us. So basically, the nation of Israel had... Um, I like to call them frontline fasters, okay? They had people that would fast on behalf of the nation before the rest of the nation had to fast. And you've got to know that the type of fasting we're discussing here that Jesus is talking about, it, we call it individual fasting. Now, they did have times of corporate fasting. That means that the whole nation was fasting. They had to do that once a year on, on the Day of Atonement. The whole nation would fast. They would not eat or drink until the sun went down, Okay. Uh, but this is Jesus talking about individual fasting. Of course, with corporate fasting, you wouldn't have to hide it because everybody's doing it, right? Okay, so he's talking about individual fasting. So when it came to individual fasting, they would often fast over like natural disasters and things like that. So think through this with me. A drought is coming. It's been three weeks and the crops are starting to change colors. The leaves are no longer green, but they're starting to turn a little brown. And so guess what? The, 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 the frontline fasters for the nation of Israel would begin to fast and to pray. And so these, these men and, and guys, there was a strict criteria. You had to be a great man of faith. You had to be known for prayer. You, you had to have a life that wasn't full of distraction, right? But these, these men, on behalf of an entire nation, would, would begin abstaining from food and drink. And typically they would do it just, just from sunup to sundown. They wouldn't eat or drink. And they would spend that day, you know, Jews prayed three times a day. They would spend all of that prayer time uh, praying on behalf of the nation that God would bring rain, Okay. So that was the, that, that's how it would start. Now, if God did not bring rain, then the next step, would they, they would extend that fast to the nation of Israel. It would begin extending out. And then everybody would be abstaining from food and from drink, right? Uh, from sun up to sundown. And then at night, they could eat and refresh themselves so that they could do it again. And again, the whole nation would be fasting and praying that God would deliver them from the drought. But hear me. If God still did not answer that request, I want you to see this. Then they would take their fasting further. Then, not only would they abstain from food or drink, but they would uh, begin to abstain from work. They would abstain from bathing. They would, uh, they would, they would abstain from putting on their shoes. I'm not making this up. And, and, and of course, they would abstain from... Uh, there's a lot of children... Um, they would abstain from intimate relations with their spouses, right? 
If, if, if God didn't answer that, that's where they went. And so here's the deal. When we study fasting, not just scripturally, but scripturally and historically, we come to find out that Jews did not just fast from food. They also, at times, were called to abstain from other things. Now, when we put that together with the culture that we live in today, I want us to... I want us to change our definition of fasting a little bit. And I want you to see this. I believe that real fasting, and this is our definition, it's going to be our working definition as a church. We believe that real fasting is the act of abstaining from something influential. Now, now I want to, I want to define this for you. This is still food for many of us, okay? Right? Okay. How many of you, be honest, when you go on vacation, it's not about where you're going or what you're going to do there. It's about where you're going to eat on the way and on the way back, Right? Right? Went to Disney World. Oh, yeah, what'd you eat? Oh, man, I ate that restaurant there in the middle of the park, the Asian food. Oh, it was off the... Right? It's all about, it's all about that. So for some of you, this is still food. Uh, but for some of you, maybe food is not the driving force in your life, but something else is. So it, it's abstaining from something influential. And get this, this is why. It's always for a spiritual or a kingdom purpose. It's always for a spiritual or a kingdom purpose. Now, that's what fasting is. That's a definition for real fasting. Now, if, if that's what it is, then what we have to spend the bulk of our time doing is talking about why should we do it. Now, if Jesus expected it, what are some reasons for fasting? Why should we, as New Testament believers who haven't really understood it before, why should we do it? So I want to I want to tell you there are several biblical reasons, um, but I kind of I kind of handpicked five that I thought were very uh, applicable to our situation today in the world that we live in. So I want to give you five reasons. Uh, for real fasting, okay? And here's number one. Here's number one. And these are, these, like I said, these are genuine, real reasons for fasting. Number one, fellowship with Jesus. Fellowship with Jesus. One of the reasons that we should fast is, is because of fellowship with Jesus. Now, if you study the New Testament, you know that fasting is usually attached with another word. What is that word? It's fasting and prayer, right? It's fasting and prayer, or prayer and fasting. They go hand in hand. And the reason why is, is, is because that's what most people do when they're fasting, is they're praying. Now, what is prayer? It's just communication, right? It's fellowship with God. They're spending more time talking to Jesus uh, about things that are going on. And, and that, that's one of the primary reasons that we fast. But what I want, to see, I want you to see this morning is that when I use the word fellowship, if we're going to use it appropriately, it can't just be about communication. You see, true biblical fellowship is not just about intimate conversation. It's also about intimate experience. It's also about intimate experience. Okay, when the Bible, the Greek word for, for uh, fellowship is koinonia, and, 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 and that talks about intimacy. And it's not just talking about intimacy of conversation, but intimacy of life. It's talking about, listen, when, when your brother is suffering and they're grieving, you get into their life and you grieve with them. When they're rejoicing and they're celebrating, what are you doing? You're, you're in their life and you're rejoicing and you're celebrating with them. This is the Christian community. We're interdependent. We're totally linked. We love one another. We encourage one another. We pray for one another, right? That's what fellowship is about. The Apostle Paul puts it this way uh, in Romans 8, 16 and 17, which will be up here. He says, now, now the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed, get this, we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. That's what fellowship is. It's sharing in sufferings and sharing in glory. I love the way that he puts it in Philippians 3.10. He says, you know what? I want to know Christ 
and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in in his death. And so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. And, 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 And that's that's what we're talking about, guys. That's one of the reasons that we fast. It's to have fellowship with Christ, not just conversation, but we also fast because guess what? Christ fasted. Do you remember, right, as he went out into the desert for 40 days and for 40 nights with no food or no drink? He, 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 he personally experienced what it was to want. And one of the reasons that we fast is so that we can have that shared experience with Jesus. It's like baptism, right? Talked about this this morning in the early service. You know, when you're baptized, anybody here baptized later in life as an adult? Anybody? Okay, and I'm not picking on those of you that were baptized early. Uh, I, I know many of you were baptized early, and maybe that's still a very memorable thing. But I find a lot of people that are baptized seven, eight, nine. They look back and they say, "Well, I remember my baptism." Okay, but but when you're baptized later in life, I think people understand that significance, and 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 they understand that full thing. Listen, Jesus was baptized. And when I'm baptized, I'm fellowshipping with Christ. I'm experiencing something that he did, right? Just as he went down in the water and came back, just as he died and was buried and rose again, I'm experiencing that with Jesus. And I think for that, maybe later in life, that's, that's even more meaningful than maybe it was when we were a child, right? Why? Because we're fellowshipping with Jesus. Same thing with fasting. When we fast, sometimes we're going to fast just because We want to be closer to Jesus. All right? That's the first real reason for doing it. Number two. The second real reason that we fast is so that we can focus on God and that we can focus on others. Do do me a favor. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. uh, The book of Isaiah chapter uh, 58. Book of Isaiah chapter 58. And God in Isaiah 58 is going to speak to his children about their fasting practices. Okay, so the nation of Israel is fasting and oh, by the way, they're fasting and complaining. Okay, I'm not I'm not I'm listen. I'm not saying that that's where you are or what you've done. I'm just saying they're fasting and complaining. It doesn't seem to be a very good combination. Uh, So uh, Isaiah chapter 58, starting in verse three. This is Israel talking to God, by the way. Just hear this. uh, The motivation behind why have we fasted? They say. And you have not seen it. They're saying, God, we're fasting and you haven't answered us. You haven't done anything. They go on and they say, why have we humbled ourselves and have you not noticed? Now, ooh, God's about to talk back. God's going to speak to them about their complaint. Uh, if you're a complainer, just know God's always going to speak to you. All right, it's coming. Just be ready. Listen to what God says. He says, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and you exploit all of your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. That's strong. He says, you can't fast like that and expect me to hear you or to or, or to listen. He says, is this the kind of fast that I've chosen only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed or or for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke? Is not uh, is it not to share your food with the hungry 
and to provide for the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. God says, when you fast, you exploit others. You argue, you fight. Do you think that's kind of the fasting, the, the kind of fasting I want? He says, no, I want justice. I want you to set the captives free, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to take care of the poor and the, the indigent. Now hear me. This is an important deal for us today. You say, Pastor, why is this important for us? Because this is another real motivation for fasting. Sometimes we're called to fast so that we can share all of the resources that we have with others that actually are in need. You see, we live in a nation of abundance, and the majority of the world is not living in a nation of abundance. And so one of the reasons, especially as American Christians, that we can fast is so that we can help clothe the naked and feed the poor, right? And you say, Pastor, what does that look like? I'll give you an example. Maybe you begin praying. You feel the Holy Spirit calling you. You know, listen, we've got to, we've got to fast from something as a family. You start praying about it. Maybe this is the category of fast you need to enter into, right? And maybe that fast goes like this. Maybe you decide as a family that you're going to give up eating out once a month, Right? Because you eat out more than once a month, most of us, right? And so you decide, you know what, we're going to give that up. And instead, we're going to give the money we would spend eating out, feeding ourselves. We're going to give that money to orphans. We're going to give that money to somebody that will feed and clothe orphans and, and, and teach them about Jesus. You know you can do that. $33 feeds, clothes, and teaches an orphan about Christ. $33 a month. That's a dollar and three cents a day. It's just one meal. For my family, that's almost two orphans if we skip a meal out to eat. I mean, it is. We talked about it in the early service. For Allen's, that's like three. It's three orphans a month right there. I mean, you know, pretty soon we've got villages covered. Uh, but, but listen, that, it's, it's legitimate. Now, you think I'm joking. Let me give you another example. And here's how I work. This is how my mind works. Now, your mind doesn't have to work this way. You can do it however you want to, okay? But for me, if I'm going to give up a meal, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to give up food so I can give food, right? I'll give you another example. So, so for me, maybe, maybe I decide I'm going to lower that cable package I have. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, instead of paying for the extreme uh, sports network so that I can watch ski jumping, because it's only offered on the extreme extremely platinum with a gold band, uh, you know, channel package or whatever, I'm going to step it down to basic. Oh, gosh, how will I ever survive 300 channels on basic? Uh, but I'm going to do it, right? And so I, so I stepped it down. And now what do I do? Instead of that, that money that was just kind of entertainment for me, right, maybe instead I give that money towards necessities for others. And, and monthly I donate that difference to the benevolence fund at the church that helps people pay electric bills. Right? Helps them cover costs for groceries and rent and gas. You follow me? Okay? That's a real fast. That is a real biblical fast. It really is. Okay? Number three. Number three. A third and very real reason for fasting is as a form of repentance. As a form of repentance. Uh, turn to the book of Jonah, if, if you don't mind. Um, the book of Jonah, there in the, in the minor prophets, not because they were minor, but because their books were shorter. Um, in the book of Jonah, chapter 3, and you remember the story of Jonah, right? Uh, God speaks to Jonah, says, I want you to go to Nineveh, and you need to tell them to repent. 
And, and Jonah's like, God, I hate the Ninevites. I'm not going to do that. And so he goes in the opposite direction. He jumps on a ship, literally going in the opposite direction of Nineveh. God says, hello, I have a plan for you. I will sink your ship and I don't even care. Right? I mean, I mean seriously, dude, listen, when God tells you to go, brother, you better go. And so, so God says, go. He gets on the ship, says no. And, and God says, uh-huh. And, and so the ship about about to sink and they throw him over and he's swallowed by the fish or the whale whichever you like to choose how you interpret that anyway it was a big sea creature probably didn't smell great in there and it got, spits him out spits him out dude still alive after being in the belly of a fish still alive right he still doesn't want to preach to the Ninevites I would be like dear Lord I will do whatever you want me to if I don't have to smell this nastiness around here okay I don't like fish I'm just not a big fishy guy okay just be listen uh, I, just, just let me out. And so, but he gets there and he's still stubborn. But guess what? And, and you know what happens? He eventually preaches to the Ninevites and you know what they do? They do exactly what he was hoping they wouldn't do. They repent. They repent. I want you to hear about their repentance. Jonah 3, uh, verse 5. Listen to what it says. It says, the Ninevites believed God. God said, listen, if you don't change, my judgment is coming upon you. It says they believed God and get this. Verse 5, the Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. All of them. Why did they fast? They fasted as a sign of repentance. Because they were changing their ways. And again, I want you to see the modern day application of that. You know, many of us, when we come to church, God convicts us of a sin that is going on in our life. Right. And I'll just give you an example. Maybe that sin is sexual immorality and you're here and you're trying to worship God. And yet all of a sudden you are feeling so guilty because, you know, that there's something not right in your life. And God puts it on your heart and says, listen, you've got to repent of that. And what do we do? We typically will come forward or we'll sit where we are and we'll cry and we'll pray about it. God, please change me. I'm sorry. I don't ever want to do that again. Right. And, and, and but here's the deal. This is where fasting comes in. Fasting is, 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 is a form of repentance. So what do you do? Well, you take those sources, those sources that were feeding that sexual immorality. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's the Internet. Maybe it's, you know, you name it, the, the Sunday section of the paper. I don't know what it is. The Victoria's Secret's cat. Whatever it is that's causing You know what you do? You fast from it. You fast from it for a time so that those things can no longer have control over you. And so that, that fasting is a form of repentance. It's a form of repentance. Maybe your sin is gossip. And you say, well, how do I fast from that? I'll tell you. It's called the telephone. Get off of it. Right? Hello? Did you hear about Mary? Maybe you need to drop off the prayer chain for a while. I'm just, whatever it is. But you, you fast. It doesn't mean you stop praying. It just means you stop calling others to pray. That's all it means. I'm not picking on anybody in particular. Uh, and, and, and we do it again for a season, for a time. And we do it. As an act of repentance. And hear me, that is real fasting. That is biblical fasting. We find it here in the text of Scripture. Number four. Number four. Another real reason for fasting is that it it frees us up for kingdom service. When we fast, it frees us up for kingdom service. We talked about Hebrews uh, chapter 11 last week when we defined faith. 
Um, and Hebrews chapter 11 is really the hall of fame of faith, all these great men and women of faith that God used to do amazing things, right? And then Hebrews 12.1 picks up on uh, Hebrews chapter 11 by saying, therefore, it means, hello, I'm tying this to the previous chapter. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, okay? Now, here's what that's saying. It's saying, listen, as a Christian, you have a calling, and that calling is to run for Christ. That means that there's kingdom work to be done. And in order to be effective in kingdom work, you have to be willing to cut things out of your life and to throw things off of your life. And there's two categories. One, it talks about the sin that's so easily entangled. Now, we just talked about repentance, right? We just talked about fasting as a form. That's talking about sin. But, but hear me, it's not just sin that you have to cut out. It says, listen, therefore, since you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You see, there are things in our lives, friends, that are not sinful, yet they are hindering us from being the men and the women of God that we're called to be. There are things in our lives that on their own and by themselves are not sinful, but they are standing in between us and being productive for Jesus' sake, okay? And, and, and I tried to think of a few, and I'm not trying to step on any toes. We struggle with this as a family, so I'll give you the first. I think about extracurricular activity for our kids, right? We live in a day and an age where we feel like we want to give our kids every opportunity. I think we're trying to make up for something we feel like we missed. So we've got to give our kids every opportunity. So we, 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 I mean, they're involved in everything. They're involved in this and that and this. And, and literally, so we, here's the model we're setting for them, parents. We're teaching our kids that instead of focusing on the kingdom of Jesus, it's more important because after all, life is meaningless to fill it up with as much stuff as possible. Because it's not like we know a creator that serves the purpose and meaning for our existence. Therefore, we must keep busy or we'll get bored. And so we run around like a bunch of chickens with our head cut off. And this is the model that we're, we're, we're putting out there for them, okay? And, and, and so, uh, and, and don't look at me like it doesn't happen. Uh, how many families you know the oldest kid turned 16 and what is now their responsibility? Because mom and dad are tired of it. Now the 16-year-old has to drive the younger kids to soccer practice and choir practice and blah, blah, blah. Which, by the way, that's you. You're crazy. I love my children. There is no way when my, six, when my oldest turns 16, he ain't driving another soul in the family. It ain't happening. It's just not happening. Listen, you can, Bubba, I'll be in the car with you and drive, but you are never driving one of your brothers or sisters. I mean, not unless I'm dying, okay? Not unless I'm dying. It's not going to happen. I, ooh, uh-uh. I was 16 once. Okay, uh, and I drove like it. All right, so, so, so here's the deal. Listen. Those extracurricular activities, they're not sinful. It's not sinful to be in soccer or to be in band or to be in Boy Scouts. That's not sinful. But those things, if you, if you keep piling them up, they will eventually choke out your kingdom service. You will be too busy to serve God. And if you're too busy to serve God, you're too busy. That's, that's it. See, see, listen, what we've got to do instead is, is put all our focus, time, energy, and effort on serving God. And then maybe if we've got any time left, we can sprinkle in that other stuff. But we're doing the opposite. I, I think about personal recreation, right? Like golf. I love to play golf. I am terrible at it, but I love it. Love it. If I break a hundred, I dance a jig. You can ask any of these men that have golfed with me. I'm like, what's up? Yeah, 99. I think that's pretty good. I'm happy with it. It's not in the 80s. That's okay. 
But you know what? As much as I love to play golf, I might get to play three or four times a year total. I think about the men that they work all week long and then they're gone five hours every Saturday on a golf course when there's really a group of people that need more attention than the Green family. It's their family, right? What, what happens at the expense of personal recreation, we stop leading our family and we're not being kingdom focused and we're not living for Jesus. What, what, what happens? We, we need to fast from that. We need to repent of that. We need to change. You following me? It, the same thing can happen with... with uh, Relaxation time, TV, computers, you name it. There are things in life, friends, that on their own and by themselves, they're not bad, they're not evil. But hear me, if they're choking out your purpose, which you in Jesus have a purpose, if they're keeping you from running the race of Jesus, then you've got to fast from them. You've got to take a break from them so that you can get them balanced again in your life, okay? A little of those things aren't bad, but they can get way out of balance. Number five, I'm running out of time. Did this early too. Need the bat signal, man. Stop. Um, number five, I want to give you another real reason. And uh, guys, did I mention this? There are way more than five reasons to fast, but these are the five I feel like are most applicable, okay? No, number five, um, spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline. I'm going to throw a lot of scripture at you. Just see if anything sticks. Romans 6.14 says that sin should no longer be our master. I would underline that word master. Matthew 6.24 says, uh, Jesus speaking, he says, no one can serve two masters. I would also underline that word master. Philippians 3.19, Paul is speaking about some people in particular. He says, their stomach is their God. Their minds are on uh, set on earthly things. And, and guys, here, here's, here's the deal. Scripture is extremely clear. We can only have one Lord. That's Scripture is totally... You can only have one master. You can't have anything but one master. You can't serve two masters. It's impossible. It's impossible. You can't love Jesus unless you're living for Jesus. Alright? You may want to get that. That's, that's tattoo worthy. Right? Just go, get, go ink it up so it never leaves you. Okay? You can't love Jesus if you're not living for Him. That, that's, that's the absolute truth of the gospel as we study it. You can't have two masters. So why do we fast? One of the reasons that we fast is to, as Paul says, to, to make our body our slave. One of the reasons that we fast is to make sure that nothing, nothing has a place of superiority in our life that, that reigns and takes the place that only Jesus should have. That nothing has a controlling interest over us. Now friends, for some of you that is food. It really is, right? Uh, for me, oftentimes, I go through phases uh, right now. The Lord's been very gracious. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, man, it can be sugar. Just going to be honest, I, I, it'll start with one Dr. Pepper. Turns into about 52 million Dr. Peppers that are inside of vanilla ice cream topped with gummy bears with a side of apple pie. A few cake balls for dessert. Following me? And man, I'll, I'll, I'll get there, guys, and I get there in a hurry. It's like all of a sudden I'll go, no sugar at all. I mean, you know, when you see the movie and everybody's in sleep, and you the people like eating, that's it. I have like a sugar eating disorder. And man, I'm here to tell you guys, it gets mastery over me in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. And maybe it, just saying that you thought, oh, I do eat a lot of sweets, right? And you realize that's what you're thinking about all the time. So maybe it is food. So why, why do you fast? One of the reasons you fast is to say nothing will be in control of me other than Jesus, right? Okay, maybe for you it's, it's not food. 
Maybe for you it's technology. I, I, I thought about this the other day. You know, we live in a day and age where we are so techno-driven that we get up in the morning and we check our, our email. Uh, we're, we're looking on websites. We're on Facebook. We're, we're, you, you sit down at a dinner table and you have a family full of people at a dinner table and every single one of them is on a techno device, Right? Okay, somebody's posting to Twitter, somebody's looking at Facebook, somebody's, I mean, even, even as parents, I mean, we'll do the same. We're, we're on Facebook, we're consumed with the ridiculous details of other people's life, but we're not actually investing in the things that really count in our family, right? So, so that's what we're doing, right? Yahoo News is the same thing, right? Yahoo, Jim Gaffigan's a comedian, he says that's your McDonald's, he talks about how bad McDonald's is, he talks about, you know, celebrity gossip magazines, that's McDonald's too, folks! It is. And the same thing. And so maybe for you, it's that you're always plugged in. You're always connected, but you have no real connections. Went out to eat not long ago, and I think we were at Chili's, and I was looking around. And I saw, I saw these husbands and wives. They looked like husbands and wives because they had rings on their fingers. Um, that's how I told. Uh, and they were out. They looked like they were out on dates. And yet here's a man and, and, and his wife sitting across each other on the table and they're not talking at all. They're not even looking at each other. They're on their phones. And I just thought, man, man, right? We're, we're missing it. So, so listen, one of the reasons... That, now, what that is to say is, if anything takes that position in your life, what do we do? We fast. That's not saying you have to get rid of it altogether. It's saying you have to get that under control. Because Jesus is Lord. Not technology. Because Jesus is Lord. Not food. Because Jesus is Lord, not money. Because Jesus is Lord, men, not sports. I can't walk right now. I just stepped on my own toes. <laughs> really hurt. And so sometimes when you pray about God, should I fast? He's going to show you. Yeah, you should. And here's why. Now, those are five reasons. Those are five reasons. Now let's get into application, and then I'm going to be done. I'm, I'm way, way, way... Let's just start decorating for VBS now. Uh, okay. <laughs> supposed to be at two. We'll just stay here for a while. All right. Application number one, you've got to pray. Uh, once you understand what it means to fast and why to fast, you need to start praying about, uh, God, should I be fasting from something? What, what are you asking yourself when you pray? You're, you're walking through the five things we just studied, the reasons for fasting. God, uh, do I need better fellowship with you? Right. Um, Father, am I am I investing in the lives of others or am I being selfish? If, if, I, if I'm not investing in the lives of others, then maybe we need to fast so that we can take some of the blessing that God has given us and share it with other people. Uh, maybe you need to to fast as an act of repentance that there's a sin in your life. God has made it evident. So you need to take some time off from an activity or something so that you can get that back. Uh, right and under balance. Maybe you need to do it so that you can begin serving the Lord again because you're not doing that and you know that God calls you to do that. Maybe you need to do that as an act of spiritual discipline as if to say, no, only Jesus is my master and my Lord. Nothing else will have that level of control over me. So you pray about it. Number two, when you pray about it, you decide, what will I fast from and how long will I fast from it? Set a timetable. Why? Why? Because if you say, I'm going to fast from it forever, uh, you're not really fasting from it. You're cutting it out of your life. Uh, and, and, and I'm just going to tell you, a lot of times, you forget why. You forget why. Why, why, why am I doing that, right? Why? So, so 
in the Bible, they set periods. They say, we're going to fast for a month. We're going to fast for a week. We're fasting for a day. Whatever it was. So set your period. Set your period. Know what you're fasting from. Okay? Number three. If you are going to fast from food, you need to talk to your doctor. You say, that's silly, Jason. No, it's not. We have a lot of things going on. One of the problems in our world is we talk to everybody except our doctor. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other message for a different day. Um, but but uh, we, we, don't, we don't consult with our doctor hardly ever. Uh, some of us, you might have a condition you don't know about. I have a dearly loved uh, friend uh, that had anemia, did not know that they had anemia. And if they were to fast from food while they had anemia, they would have been in a world of hurt. Okay? So, so maybe you go to the doctor, you say, hey, I'm thinking about fasting. This is what I'm going to do. They may say, okay, can we, can we do some blood work just to make sure? That's fine. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But go ahead and talk to them. It's worth, it's worth having the conversation. And number four, um, we're just going to steal it from Nike. Uh, just do it. Um, just do it. Now, now that you know what fasting is, and now that you know why you should fast, do it. Make it a part of your Christian walk, okay? And you say, well, pastor, what do you mean? I, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, this is just me. I'm not, I'm not trying to toot a, a horn or anything. Uh, I, I, like, I, I have found that I like fasting uh, for different seasons and different times. So, so maybe one month I'm going to fast from sugar, and the next month I'm not going to watch any TV after, a, you know, during the week or, or, or after a certain time. Are you following me? And maybe, maybe for the next month I'm, I'm going to fast from Facebook because I, I don't want that to have. So, so wherever it is, any of those areas that come to my attention, it, it's a differing thing, but it becomes an ongoing process. And, and it's just a process of, 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 again, fellowship with God and Him building my faith and Him kind of making me and molding me into the person that He wants me to be. Um, and, and I think He wants to do the same with you. And so pray about it. God will show you how to fast, what to fast from, when to do it. Um, experiment. Try, try food one time. Try, try the internet another month. You know, take, take time. Do it differently. But do it. Jesus did not say if you fast. He said when you fast. This is a discipline that we need to rediscover, friends. And if we do, I think God is going to bless us beyond anything we could think or imagine, all right?